Luke 1, verse 5 through... Were you ready to sneeze? Nothing worse than holding a sneeze. It's a tough thing. All right, uh, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course, so that will be our text, but that is not our title, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Father, we love you and pray that you bless the message this evening. We pray the Spirit of God would teach us, and there's a very, very important truth, Lord, I hope to get across to emphasize, and I pray, Lord, that uh, the people would understand and be able to grasp this in any other way, however you want to speak, Lord. We ask that you would do that, minister to us according to our needs, bless our special music now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to talk to you this evening about an unexpected blessing. An unexpected blessing. That's the title of the message. Don't you love an unexpected blessing? I mean, everybody loves an unexpected blessing. We love a blessing, let alone an unexpected one. And of course, the scripture we just read involves a couple who have been unable to have children. Uh, Let me go ahead and get this all adjusted here. They are older now, and um, in some respects, it it appears that uh, Zechariah feels like they're beyond the ability of having children, but on the same token, he is still prayed, or his wife is still praying, that they'd be able to have children. And so what we learn here about uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth is uh, number one, Zechariah was a faithful man of God who served the Lord in the temple regularly when it was his turn. When it says in his course, that means in his turn. He was part of, fa- part of a family of priests who alternated the burning of the incense and the temple service. And he was faithful. He'd been doing it for many years. And I love what the Scripture says about he and Elizabeth. Um, it says... They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, that's a big testimony, wouldn't you agree? 
I mean, so they obviously made some decisions in their life that uh, uh, they hoped would bring the blessings of God. But I want you to understand this. They had been faithful for a long time, and they had not received an answer to prayer. I mean, for a long time. So long that one day Zechariah, as an older man, shows up for his temple service, preparing the incense. This is on now? Okay. Uh, The Bible tells us an angel shows up right next to him, and it stuns him, and it would any of us, regardless. And then the angel tells him this, Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth's going to have a child. And I can see Zacharias' jaw drop. Kind of like, really? It's as though he'd given up on it, and if we were to read the rest of the narration, we'd discover he doubted. He didn't believe it. It kind of reminds me of the story where Peter is miraculously released from jail by the angel. He comes to the door of the house of, uh, I think it was Mark's house, but he knocks on the door and a lady by the name of Rhoda answers it. They've been praying for Peter to be released. She looks at him, thinks she sees a ghost, and runs back inside, closes the door. Peter has to knock some more. And then he, she goes back and it's Peter. Well, yeah, that's who you've been praying for. So, but what's significant? What's significant about Zechariah and Elizabeth is how faithful they had been to the Lord in spite of not receiving a blessing from God. That's what I want to get across this evening. You see, uh, we can put ourselves in a position where God can bless us. Now, don't get me wrong. Doing the will of God is an adventure. And the will of God will bring us into positions or situations that we might say, well, this doesn't seem like a blessing. I shared in Sunday school this morning the illustration of Jesus sending the disciples out to the Galilean Sea And so they obey him, only to discover they're in a storm-tossed sea, and they're fearful for their lives. They think they're going to die, and then Jesus comes walking across the water to meet them, and they are scared to death. And we know the end of the story, how he calms the sea. But the reality was, they were obeying the Lord in in entering the storm. The storm was the result of them obeying the Lord. But the good news is, even though they lost faith, Jesus never lost faithfulness. That's huge. And you and I need to understand, if we believe not, yet He abideth faithful. You know, it's possible to go through the motions of doing what God wants you to do and not feel it and not even believe and wonder if God's ever going to answer my prayer, but you just stay faithful and you just watch. You give it time. So many unexpected blessings, little, big, huge. I remember on two different occasions just going out door to door. I remember when my girls were going to school up in Frankfurt at the Christian school up there, and so I'd 
I'd uh, take them to school, and actually, before I'd go pick them up, I'd get there early because I wanted to get a quota of doors knocked in. I just, I had to make myself, I had to find some way to motivate myself to hand out gospel tracts. All right. <clears throat> and so I'd go through these neighborhoods, knock on doors, and knock on doors. All right, there's another street. And I remember on one occasion, I come to the door, the gentleman invited me in, and he told me his wife used to be a preacher. And I'm like, okay, I didn't want to get into that subject. But he, so I didn't really get into that subject. I inquired about his salvation. He told me he'd received Christ and, and all of that. And I was rejoicing. And we got talking about books. I saw a little book stand on the side there. He says, uh, yeah, those are my wife's. I don't know what to do with them. He says, you want one? I looked at it. And he's, I says, Gypsy Smith. I said, you're willing to give these up? He says, yeah, whatever you want. Man, I pulled out a volume of Gypsy Smith's biography. I mean, it was about 50, 60 years old. It was awesome. It was an unexpected blessing. I had another blessing like that. Uh, I'm a Gene Leindecker. Now, that's a, that's a handle you can't forget easily. I mean, somebody born with the name I'm a Gene Leindecker, you're going to remember that. And so I, we went over to, uh, oh, uh, Thelma Yarian's neighborhood, Walker Farm area, and I'm knocking on doors there. Uh, I'm a Gene opens the door. This is the middle of the day. Who are you? And I introduced myself, told her what I was doing. She says, well, I'm doing a Bible study with uh, J. Vernon McGee. Well, I said, really? I said, I've got some of his paperback commentaries. I use him a lot. At the time, I didn't have too many commentaries. She said, well, come on in. You know, if they're 80 years old, I'll come on in the house. So I came on in. <coughs> she showed me the, the fine set of commentaries she had. I said, those are nice. She said, do you have these? I said, no. Well, she started coming to church. Next thing I know, she bought me the whole set of J. Vernon McGee commentaries. That was an unexpected blessing. I've had a lot of Brother Wayne Sipe. I remember this, Brother Wayne. Uh, Sean was with us. A few others were with us. We were knocking in the Brendan Wood neighborhood, and uh, you went to, uh, I forget the guy's last name. Uh, He owned the card shop, but you knocked on his door, and he wanted to give the church 100 bucks. Just It was Easter. We were inviting folks out. I know that didn't seem like much. It, we weren't looking for money, by the way. I wasn't looking for books. We were just handing out gospel tracts, trying to bring people to Christ. But he said, I want to give some money to the church. So he did. That was an unexpected blessing. Those are little things, trivial things, I know. But I'm just saying, we were just trying to do what the Lord wanted us to do. I can tell you about some big things, huge things. I could go back in my own, at the beginning of the ministry when I first started serving the Lord. It's incredible, just getting on course. Uh, the very fact that uh, I was going to church in Constantine, Michigan, and a man by the name of Dr. Cal Streeter uh, befriended me and said, Merv, would you like to go soul winning? I'd never went soul winning in my life. Honestly, I didn't really know what it meant. He, and so he said, I'm going to go share the gospel with people. Well, I knew that that was important. I, the little bit I knew about Christianity, I knew people needed to hear the gospel. I said, sure. He said, well, I'll pick you up such and such time. And so later that week, he picked me up, and here we go. We go knocking on doors, and this guy just knocked on doors, introduced himself, introduced me like I've been a long-time buddy. And, and he proceeds to witness and just bold as a lion, and uh, it was absolutely incredible. So we hit it off during that time. And then he gave me some cassette tapes of Jack Hiles, and I thought, well, this is pretty neat. It gives some pretty exciting preaching. I turned the volume up, turned it down, turned it up, turned it down, turned it up, turned it down, because the guy's up and down. And so, 
Uh, so I met Dr. Cal Streeter with that little, that, that little visit there, that one-time meeting, and uh, he was a pretty busy man, and I ended up going back to northern Michigan. Well, little did I know, about a year later, I was going to surrender my life to the Lord, and I was going to be hitchhiking through, and here I end up at uh, First Baptist Church of Hammond, and I'm just a stranger in a strange land, but I'm going to church. I've decided I'm, there's some things I'm doing for sure. I'm going to witness for Christ. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to keep myself from evil. Uh, those are things I just I was going to do, and I'm spend time with the Lord, learning my Bible and prayer. Those were just things. Those were five things I, that I, I was convinced I needed to do as a Christian, okay? I knew where I came from. I knew the crowd I had to stay away from, and I knew what I needed to do to get involved. So I'm a, uh, here visiting, and I look behind me, and lo and behold, this massive church. I'm visiting on one Sunday, just one Sunday. It's maybe the only Sunday I'd ever visit that church in my brain because I was going out west, and it's a church that's uh, 6,000 people, and the man that I met one time about a year earlier is sitting right behind me, Dr. Cal Streeter. Happened to, he's visiting the same day I'm visiting, and he... Takes me out to lunch. Next thing I know, I'm in Bible college and just a total change of my life there. That's an unexpected blessing. But these unexpected blessings you find when you're doing the right thing. Now, I'm not going to deny it does rain on the just and unjust. And I'm not going to deny I heard Brother Bob preach a sermon on the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. I'm not going to deny that God sometimes blesses us even when we don't, oftentimes blesses us when we don't deserve it. I'm not going to deny that, okay? I've been a recipient of that, and so have you. But I'm here to tell you, uh, you can be sure when you're on the course that he wants you to take, you're on the course where he will bless you. Now listen, I'm not, I'm, not gonna be, I'm not trying to promote something that's not true. Does that mean there won't be tests and trials? Oh, no, 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 no. There'll be tests and trials. The good news is when you're on the right course, guess who's with you? Amen. That's the blessing. We have the Lord with us, just like the disciples had with us. But, but here's the thing. I go back to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Let's consider this. It says they were, well, let me read the passage here. All right, um, let's see, verse uh, stricken in years. Where's that at? Stricken in years. Verse 6, verse 6. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. Man, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they were in their 50s. That doesn't sound stricken in years to me, to be quite honest with you. It doesn't to you either, does it? I mean, 50, that's the new 30, isn't it? So, you want to have children, honey? <laughs> and now it's sounding old, okay? So, I, <laughs> but I don't know how, you know, and I don't know how long they've been married, but God makes it a point to let you and I know they've been at this for a while, serving the Lord. They've been at this for a while, and they have prayed for a child for a long time without an answer. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I believe it got to the point, at least with Zechariah, that he'd really given up. He didn't give up his duty. Now, that's key. He did not give up his duty and responsibility as a man of God. He did not give that up, but he had lost some faith, and that's possible to happen. 
But I'm here to tell you, you stay on the right path, you'll get your faith back. You want to get your faith back, you stay on the right path. Because when all was said and done, I guarantee you, Zachariah's faith skyrocketed when all was said and done. But why? Would that have happened if he'd given up faith earlier? Well, God's not answering our prayer. What good is all of this? He's not helping our lives. Oh, no, no, there was a lot of good in it. And God was paying attention. But as far as you and I know, the reader know, God is telling us they were well stricken in years, but they were still blameless. They still followed the Lord. They still obeyed the Lord. They still did that which was right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, um, there's something about getting on the right routine in life that will bring the blessing of God. There really is. There's just something about the right routine. Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 28 because it ties right in. I've shared this before, but oh well, I'll share things over and over again. Deuteronomy 28. We were in the little white house on West Street, West in Chicago, when the Lord first brought this to my attention, and I found it a fascinating passage of Scripture, and I, it's held true. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28. And at this time, while you're turning there, I want to get our volunteers ready here, okay? I need to have some volunteers. Jared, if I can have you come on up here, bring your Bible with you. Jared, if you'll stand right here. Stand right here. Okay, and I want you to stand this way with your Bible like this. All right. Uh, well, I'm just going to take you in order, okay? You are now a volunteer. Thank you, though. Come on up here. I want you to be in a kneeling prayer position right there, if you would. Kneeling prayer position. All right. Next. Come on up here. All right. And... Uh, I want you to get by that little podium there. I want to make sure everybody can see. I want you to hold this out. Uh, you won't need it. Just sit there. Just hold that. Okay. Okay. Michaela. All right. Okay. And if I can have you stand right here and just hold on to that gospel track. Okay. What am I missing? What am I missing? I'm missing something, dear. Which one was it? Bible reading, prayer, church, witness. No, Bible, Bible reading, prayer, giving, church. That's what it was. Come on up here. All of you, right here. Just sit on the front row, all four of you. Bring your Bibles. Have your Bibles with you. Get right up in the front row. Okay, so your duty... If your arm gets tired, you can adjust, but I want you to have your Bibles out. Just hold your Bibles out. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. When, when, when our uh, tour guide comes around, uh, I want you to lift your Bibles up. In the meantime, you can keep it down. You are the next contestant on Go the Course. Okay. All right. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to start you off a little bit here, okay? Hit you with five spot. Don't lose it. Everything we have is borrowed anyways. Okay, now ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all my heart, there are some things that are basic to every Christian. I believe there's a course, there's a path that's, that's the will of God for every Christian. I, I believe it. I can prove every one of these points, okay? I believe with all my heart, it's our duty to learn the Word of God. Study to show yourself approved, okay? I believe with all my heart, it's our duty to learn to pray and seek the Lord. Come on, you need to follow me.
I believe it's our duty as God's children. If God has blessed us, we're to give. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it's our duty as Christians uh, to witness, okay? And so we have a gospel track here, so to witness. It's our duty to do that, okay? And then it's our duty to go to church. Here they are, the church people, <laughs> Bible thumpers. It's our duty, okay? It's our duty to do this. Now, uh, hold fast here. Look at the crowd. Keep their attention. If they're not paying attention, let me know. If your knees hurt, you can stretch for a moment. I want to read this passage. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. And it came to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come, upon, come on thee, and what's the word? Overtake thee. If thou shalt, what? Hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, that's a promise from God to the people of Israel. That's a promise to God to His children. Because God blesses those who get on the right course and stay on it. Again, don't misunderstand me. Does that mean you'll never go through difficult times? No. Uh, it rains on the unjust and it storms. It rains on the just and unjust and it storms on the just and unjust. The blessing we have is we know when the storm's coming. Ah, because we're on the right course, we ought to have greater confidence with the Lord, okay? But just because you're not getting what you want, so to speak, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, there is a promise from the Almighty God that He will bless you. Now, that word overtake is significant. That word overtake, okay? So the word overtake doesn't mean confront. It means to catch you from behind. That's what it means, all right? It means to be able to catch you from behind. All right, so God says this. God says, if you hearken to all my commandments, my blessings will overtake you. So here we got a fellow just gets saved and says, you know what? I just want to do what God wants me to do. I just want to, uh, you have a better relationship with Christ if you do that, okay? And so uh, he's going to start by reading his Bible. He comes on over here and he reads his Bible. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Say amen. All right, good. And he comes on over here. Go ahead and kneel down, have a word of prayer. Kneel down, have a word of prayer. Yeah, isn't that sweet? Brothers dwelling together in unity. Okay, all right. So he prays. Oh, look over here. He gives. Now, well, for pretend, we're going to put it in and take it out. Okay, put it in and take it out. Bring it back here. All right, all right, all right. Ah, just go ahead and leave it. That's fine. Leave it. All right. And over here, okay, he's going to, he's, he's going to witness. There we go. He puts it. He's a witness for Christ now. Here he is. Oh, it's church time. And the church people, there they are. Oh, they welcome him. He's in church. Where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? Go get your Bible. Got to have your Bible when you go to church. All right. Okay, okay. Are you ready to make the trip? Can you do it without me? Okay, so, well, I want you to do it without me. I want you to stop at each point and just keep going around. Keep going around. Just keep going. I want you to go to Bible man, prayer man, giver, and witness, and I just keep going around here. Just do it without me. Now. Just keep going. I got to talk. I got business to do. All right, so God's Word tells us. Now, don't listen. Don't get distracted. God's Word says, if you hearken. Now, there is a course. Zechariah was on the right course. Hello. When Joshua was informed by God how to conquer Jericho 
it was an unusual routine. They had to march around, they had to march around the city of Jericho six days. And then the seventh day would crash down. Now listen, that, that could have seemed monotonous. It could have seen, seemed boring. I mean, I'm not seeing anything happen. I'm just going through this over and over and over again. And sometimes I get hung up. It's a blessing, though, when you're hung up on the giving. That's good. That's, all right. But, you know, you're just going over and over and over again, just going through this course, going through this course, okay? Try to, try to go through a little bit faster there. Okay. All right. So God said this, though. God said, you stay faithful. You get on course. You go to church. You read your Bible. You take time to pray and trust the Lord and cast your burdens upon Him. You keep giving. You keep sharing your faith. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. And you go do it again. Go back to church. You say, well, preacher, sometimes I just, it just seems kind of boring. Oh, sometimes I don't know. I'm just not getting anything out of it. Sometimes it's, it's just I feel like I'm going through the motions. I was hoping God would do something for me. But God said His blessings will overtake you. God said they will overtake you. And so you just keep going. And, but you know what happens? Some people bail out. Some people quit. Some people give up on God. Some people feel like, you know what? It's not worth it. Why? I put in all this time. It's not worth it. And they leave. And they miss out. But then there are others who just keep on going. There are others like Zacharias and Elizabeth who even in their old age, who haven't received what they were hoping to receive, they keep on going. They're faithful to the Lord. They're faithful to giving and they're faithful to serving and they're faithful to church. And I'm telling you, not long, Zacharias. You just stay faithful, Zacharias, because he's coming. He's right behind you, Zacharias. Oh, he's coming, buddy. He's going to get you and he's going to grab you and he's going to overtake you and boy, he's going to pour it on you. Oh boy, he's going to pour it on you. He's just going to die dump it on you there oh yeah it's like Joel Osteen right I mean he's just going to dump it on you and hey hey you're not going to know the blessings will overflow you better pick all that up and remember where it came from (laughs) come on now pick it up ladies and gentlemen you and I need to get the picture and we need to understand something you may not get it when you want it And you may not get exactly what you want, but I am here to tell you, when He comes and He works on your life and in your life because you stayed the course, you will look back and say, it was worth it all. There are no regrets. And you'll look back at those seasons where you almost give up and you almost quit. And you're going to thank God you stayed faithful. You're going to thank God somebody maybe helped you keep going. Uh, uh, Maybe it was a husband that kept you or a wife that kept you or a friend that said, Hey man, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. And I'm here to tell you, you have no idea what God's going to do for you. He's going to bring the right people into your life. I mean, He's going to bring the right people, right friendships into your life, the right opportunities into your life. Why is he going to do this? The same reason he did it for Zechariah and Elizabeth. He blesses us to be a blessing. He was going to do something for that couple. He was going to give them a a child, a miracle child. And that child, what was that child going to do? He was going to prepare the way for Jesus. And when God blesses you and I, who ought to get the praise? Jesus ought to. And sometimes he blesses us in little ways that may seem real simplistic to others, but it's just enough to let you and I know he's looking after me. Oh, Ruth, every day she'd go out, and the Bible says she found handfuls of purpose. Had just enough to get her up the next day. Handfuls of purpose. Just enough. There's always just enough provision. God always met the need, and he'll always meet the need. 
The blessings will overtake you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can all go back to your seats now, except for the offering person. You can leave that right up here. What's that? Well, that's okay. That's okay. All right. Daniel purposed in his heart not to eat the king's meat. He got an unexpected blessing. And that unexpected blessing was that God gave him better health. And God gave him wisdom from above. Joseph, Joseph stayed the course even when he was sold into slavery. And he got an unexpected blessing. He got lifted out of prison. I wonder if he ever gave up on the dream that God had given him. I mean, hits bottom, but he stayed the course. How do you know he stayed the course? He kept serving. He never gave up on God. And the blessings overtook him. I'm here to tell you, child of God, God wants to bless his children. And again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not a health, wealth, prosperity, but if anybody ought to get it, it ought to be you as God's people. And the reality is God does care about you, and God wants to grow you, and he wants to grow your faith. And, but what's significant? Something else that's, that's really significant here, Zechariah and Elizabeth, how did they stay faithful so long? I think they come to the point where they were satisfied with the routine. You hear me? I think they come to the point where they were satisfied. You know what? We don't have a child. But God's been good to us. We don't have a child, but, you know, serving him has been good to us. We have friendships. We've got friendships that we'd have never had. We've been able to sleep well at night. No, we may not have everything else that the world has, but there's something in our hearts we have. We have a good marriage. We love each other. and Oh, it's been good. And they just stayed the course and stayed the course and stayed the course and stayed the course. And one day God says, you know what, Gabriel, it's time. You go on down there to let old Zechariah know they're going to have a baby. They're going to have a baby. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what your condition, what your situation is, but I, I, anybody that's been serving the Lord for any duration... If you'll honestly assess your life, you'll look back at a pattern of, look what God did when we didn't, we weren't even expecting it. Look what God did. All we did, we just, we, we tried to do the best we could being faithful. I mean, it's amazing to hear the stories of missionaries and preachers and people, uh, uh, men and women of God who just plotted the course. Oh, John and Marcia, John and Marcia, John says, I'm just a plotter. I, what's funny is, He's from Indiana. I mean, he's from Indiana, and he sounds like he's from Indiana. And he hasn't changed his voice at all. He talks to them like they ought to be able to understand Indiana. And they do. They've figured out. Some, of the, some missionaries go there, and they adopt, they adapt, and they, they begin to change. They start talking to a British accent and all of that stuff. I'm like, man, that's not me. And I'm listening to John. He doesn't... He, he didn't change. He just served the Lord faithfully. He loved him, gave him the gospel, and uh, he learned some of their words. Obviously, he learned to talk a little bit of the bimba. Plotted along, and God opened doors. Got this unexpected property that came up at a very cheap price, and then how the money flowed in, unbelievable to take care of the property. God was in that. And for 15, 16 years, they get 100 to 200 kids that show up at that camp, Many of those churches come, 
uh, eight churches he started, and almost all eight of those come every time, and they bring groups of teenagers. Kids get saved, make decisions, because a young couple left Indiana to serve the Lord in Zambia. They're no longer a young couple. They got about two more years, and they're, they believe the Lord's leading them back. They want to be able to see their grandkids. I understand that. Hello? <laughs> And they're praying that God would raise up replacement for them. But it's awesome. And I just challenge you. I challenge you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know if, you're, I don't know if you've lost faith in a, in a prayer that you're praying for. But don't lose faith in the routine. Oh, don't lose faith in the routine. You keep going and watch what God will do. Just keep going. Lord, we love you. And I pray that you bless the service. Thank you for your word and for your truth. Lord, I think of Caleb. Caleb waited 40 years before he entered the promised land. 40 long years. And then it'd be a few years after that before he received his inheritance. But you gave him strength and you gave him uh, the ability, Lord God, to want that mountain. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us all, help your people tonight to commit themselves to the right course. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, maybe there's somebody in the house who'd say, Preacher, I don't even know that I'll go to heaven. I don't want to die and go to hell, but I'm not sure I'll go to heaven. Pray for me. If that's you, if you'd lift your hand up so I can see it, I'll pray for you. Anybody like that? As I look around, okay. Lord, may you bless our invitation now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Brian.